0: Have you ever felt that you needed a fresh start, or that maybe you'd become stuck in the habits or relationships, or just in a place where you needed to start over? Now, this is the time of year, January, where most people make resolutions. But here's what I wanna know. Can you remember your resolution from last year? Maybe you have to scroll back on Instagram just to see what you even resolved to do that's how little effect it has on us sometimes i'm convinced that this is a symptom that our souls are trying to grasp at one of the most foundational aspects that god created us for and that is the new creation this is a symptom that god has created us for the new creation but it's been twisted and warped if you get anything out of this it is hopefully a healthy understanding of the new creation god is constructing through the church and in you one of the most foundational ideas throughout the bible is that god is creator that he spoke the world into existence out of nothing and an aspect of that is how god's creation was and that it is decaying because of sin right it was perfect it was good but it's decaying because of sin and the ultimate hope that the scriptures point to in the end with this idea is that the creation will be restored that there will be a new Creation. All things will be made right. The world will be restored to a perfect order and filled with the goodness God intended. Something I've been fascinated by in you know maybe my boring theological studies and scholarly podcasts is how prevalent the new creation language is throughout the Bible. Uh, a good example of this, um, I was really just geeking out and noticed that the tabernacle and the temple in the Hebrew Bible, uh, there's all this flowery, fancy language around it and and descriptions uh, and, and ornateness to it, but it's modeled very similarly to the Garden of Eden and what we eventually see at the end of the book of Revelation. An easy example of this is the lampstand, which was a large sort of candelabra that was always burning in the temple. It's designed to look like the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, which we also see once again in Revelation. And that tree of life is available for everyone in the new heaven and new earth. Doesn't that sound like good news? The temple is designed to be a microcosm of this new creation. See, maybe the rest of the world doesn't reflect the creation uh, the way that God intended it, but this sacred space is going to. This was and is foundational for the earliest followers of Jesus who understood the church as a new or a little new creation. You know, there's a ton of places we see this, but we're going to spend our time this evening in Paul's teaching on the new creation. As we start our soul shaping series, he says this in first Corinthians chapter five, starting in verse 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You know, I love studying the Greek in this passage because the phrase, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation is very simple. It's actually almost vague in the Greek. It can almost uh, be translated that the new creation has come. You and I are individual bricks in the temple of the new creation that God is building. It's not just that we are, um, what what does it say? Uh, It's not necessarily that uh, we are a new creation. It could also be that the new creation has come. This is the hope of what is to come and of what is happening right now. Yet if we're being real, the old is not completely gone in most of our lives. I'm still living much of my life as if I am not a new person in Jesus. We are a new creation, yet we are becoming a new creation. And the more you become a disciple of Jesus, the more you will realize how worldly you have been all along, just when you think that you're holy. Your worldliness will will smack you right in the face. That has been there all along. You were just blind to it. I want us to imagine that we are like a piece of paper in the hands of two master origami artists. There is the worldly artist that, that you know. Some people call this uh, our flesh, um, Satan, or just the forces of the world. Uh, however, you know you want to personify it. There are forces that I'm kind of combining into one uh, set of hands that are folding and shaping us like a piece of paper in the hands of an origami artist um, to be the way the world wants us to be. And if you're not sure what the world wants you to be, just go on Twitter or Reddit or YouTube or TikTok for a few minutes and you will see exactly what the world wants you to be. Until the things we see in Revelation come to pass, you will have the hands of the world folding and shaping you in that way. And in the meantime, discipleship with Jesus is shaping us to be uh, uh, formed into the new creation to be more like what we will be in the new creation. I had a youth group student years ago who was incredible when it came to origami. His name was Kyle. Uh, sometimes he would teach us. I remember one time at camp in the cabin, you know, we were we would like decorate and clean the cabin, um, and he would, you know, do it with us and show us how to make these like origami animals to decorate our cabin with. I think that helped us win the the championship that week. And if we made a mistake. He would show us how, how we had to actually unfold the paper and refold it, and even then, it would still look amazing. So, here's what that shows us no matter how messed up you are, no matter how badly the world may have folded or ripped you up, you are still a blank sheet of paper in the hands of the origami master, Jesus. Much of this rests on the notion that the world is full of sin and decaying. And if you think the world in its present state is inherently good and always lines up with the ways of God, then I guess we're not reading the same book. Sometimes the things of God and the things of the world, yes, overlap, but it's exceedingly rare. And hopefully those overlaps uh, increase as the church prepares the way for the new creation. I want to give us some tools so that we're able to recognize um, how the world is shaping us and how God is counter shaping us against that. So if you get anything, once again, it's that the world is trying to shape you to be one way. And God has given us the way to be counterformed in the teachings of Jesus in the early church that have been outlined for us. The world is trying to shape us and change us through the things we love because you ultimately are what you love. This, uh, Especially if you want you know, some further reading, some extra credit, check out James K.A. Smith, who talks about this a lot in his books um, about love and formation. Jesus would often say something like, you have heard it said, but I say to you, What he's doing is he's identifying something of the world. He's identifying maybe a lie of the world or a myth that people are believing. And then he would replace it with the truth of God. Every time you turn on the TV, go to class, scroll through TikTok, or maybe even you're going to a baseball game, you are being bombarded with worldly messages, like you need more stuff. If you want to be beautiful, you need blank. These people are the enemy and we are the good guys. So you can't escape those messages. I did a retreat at a monastery once where people go to escape the world and the monks there talked to me about all their problems and all the drama that was going on. And I I realized here, I thought that they were perfect, that they had escaped the things of the world, but it was identical that while they were less connected to the world, they were still very worldly. It was identical to what we were going through in our regular life. You cannot escape it, but you can be aware of it. And that can help you as you seek God's counterformation. If you want to play a fun game and by fun i mean i enjoy it and everyone hates when i play this uh, but try to figure out who the target audience is for commercials the next time you watch tv uh, and ask yourself what are they trying to shape me to love you know i love netflix because i don't have to watch hours worth of chevy and budweiser commercials every time the, the 49ers punt uh, now you're going to notice every other commercial during a football game is either a pickup truck commercial or cheap beer by the way my wife and i uh, do do this when we watch uh, a show called Yellowstone on Paramount Network. Uh, maybe you've heard of it. They keep advertising it as the most watched show in America. And, and you'll notice it appeals to rural America because every commercial has like cowboy actors for hard seltzer and uh, boot barn and, well, more pickup trucks. Next time you're in church on a Sunday, which is, you know, the microcosm of the new creation, maybe you will start to do the same thing and notice how different it's meant to be. And how it's meant to shape us in a different way i'm always amazed that we sing songs not about love or big butts or how great we are but of how great god is how much he loves us instagram shows the most perfect parts of ourselves but at church we face our brokenness we give our money away rather than accumulate it because god is our provider and that's what we acknowledge When I was at APU, uh, when I was in college, I remember we had to go to three chapels a week, uh, which I guess chapels are so great at Christian schools that they have to be mandatory. Uh, And it was such a great formational time though, because we were constantly immersed in God's word and less in worldly things. I remember people would complain about the chapel requirements at the time. And yet it's funny when we graduated, we would see each other. uh, And one of the things that we all talked about missing was chapel. So after bombing a test or getting yelled at by our boss or our Ring by spring, seeming so far out of reach. We felt so beat up by the world and by its its shaping forces. And chapel was our little field hospital that stitched us back together a few times a week, so we could go back into the spiritual war zone of the world. Now I don't know how some people can claim Christ as their savior and friend, and yet be so content to never spend time with Him. I mean, I know we're not perfect, and the world is enticing to our sinful nature. But don't you ever feel tired of what the world has to offer? I hope that church and uh, this group are a place and a people of refuge, that you recognize how the world is trying to entice you into its decaying and destructive ways. And yet hopefully you would recognize and eagerly seek how God is shaping you into a new creation, into his new creation. The next few months, we're going to dive into the practices. Uh, of God's soul shaping that will hopefully detox us of the world's influence and shape us for our good. But above all, I hope for each of you, as we worship and break out into small groups, that you would become aware of the shaping influences in your life. And that since you are what you love, may you love the things of God far greater than the things of the world.